0: Dominic,
1: contested. T3 on the track. It takes us high. Yeah, Highly contested It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you want to talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Act like radios are all. It takes us high. Highly contested It's getting wild. Highly
2: contested. If you want to talk the talk. Hello, and welcome to Highly Contested. This podcast covers some of the hottest topics in the world of football and basketball, where our crew gives our highly contested takes on these topics and supports our takes with facts. I'm Andrew, and I'm here with George, Joe, and Frank today. George, how you doing?
0: Doing great, man. Ready for that weekend that's coming up. How you doing today, Andrew?
2: Doing pretty awesome, man. You know, it's been a interesting week. I had a lot going on, switching to... Switching to AT&T, switching to Charter for Cable, got a new truck. A lot happened over here in the uh, Minoza residence, so yeah. All right, Joe, how are you doing today?
3: Doing pretty good, ready for the weekend for my weekly pick There
2: we go. Frank, how about you, man? What's
1: up, boys? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I just got hired for a, a new job,
2: so it's always good to start off like that. Nice, nice. When are you buying the ring? She.
0: I don't think Jimmy G's going to get one anytime
1: soon,
2: boys. Uh, like oh, man. We're in into time, it. In due time,
1: Andrew. And all good things happen to those who wait.
2: I feel it. I feel it. Some of today's future topics include, Is Jimmy Garoppolo's future with the San Francisco 49ers over? What are your expectations for Antonio Brown in his first game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And what do you make of J.J. Watt openly speaking about his stance with the Houston Texans organization? Let's dive headfirst into it here on Highly Contested. Before we jump right into our topics, about two, three weeks ago, I made the claim that it was not time to panic in New England. However, I did Make a, an agreement, a gentleman's agreement with our crew here that if they had lost their next two games with the 49ers and the Bills, that I would openly press a panic button here on this show. And so here it is, boys and girls of Highly Contested. This is me panicking for the New England Patriots.
0: Definitely time for panic a few weeks ago, but for sure now.
2: Definitely. Definitely. All right, so after that <clears throat> after that panic that should have happened probably two weeks ago, but is happening now, we are going to switch it to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has now had two awful games after coming back from his first injury this season. In both games, he was pulled before the game was over. Now he is injured once again with a high ankle sprain. And there are thoughts of him not returning to the team next year. So George is Jimmy G's future with the 49ers over?
0: Sorry to say, but I think his future with the 49ers is going to be coming to an end. We're talking about someone who's been inconsistent, has been getting a lot of injuries and it seems like the coaches are losing faith in him too. Um, He's never really been asked to go out there and win games. He's been more of a game manager. He's always asked to throw uh, not too much. They heavy rely on the run game and that great defense. I mean, even if we look back when the lights were the brightest in that Super Bowl, under pressure, he threw, he had an 11% completion rate, threw for only 20 yards, two interceptions, and had a zero passing rating when he was under pressure. In the fourth quarter, he was 3 of 11 uh, for his attempts for 36 yards and interception. And like you just said, too, in these last couple of games, he's been playing pretty poor coming from his injury. And now he's re-injured again. Um, he got injured when he was with New England, his first year with the San Francisco 49ers. He's had multiple injuries now. Um, this is a division where they have a current MVP candidate in and a Super Bowl winner in Russell Wilson. And he seems to always be healthy. They also got a future league MVP in Kyle Murray, who never takes big hits. And this team is on the rise. Then they also got Jared Goff, who may not be an elite top quarterback in the league, but he also doesn't miss many games. And, you know, I'm saying he's his future with the 49ers might be coming to an end, but I don't think his career's is over. Um, I think he still has a future somewhere. And if I had to just guess where maybe I would say new England, I think bill Belichick fell in love with him. And if anyone can make him work, definitely think it's there. Frank, what are your thoughts with uh, the future of Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh,
1: So I'm kind of on the fence. You made a lot of good points. Um, I do agree with every single one of them though. I like to play devil's advocate on the other side. Um, Without Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers are five and twenty-one since he came into the picture. So any other quarterback that steps into place, we just lose. When he's playing quarterback with us, we're 24 and 9. And so stats show when he is on the quarterback, we're winning. I mean, we went from a one in whatever season. Very next year we got him. We were 13 and 3. He obviously got injured. And but uh when he's on, we, we, we win games. I mean, it it happened this year too. Uh, it's, it's hard to say because when you see stats like that, it's like, okay, is it him? Uh, at the same time, like you were kind of saying they didn't really put him out there to win games. It was more like a game to game little thing. And then of course you have Kyle Shanahan. He's the mastermind behind it. I mean, he's the one that's really pulling the strings. Is it really Garoppolo or is it just Kyle Shanahan being such a smart guy? Now, uh, do I think he's going to leave the Niners? I don't know. I've heard Shanahan say that um, he's seen what Garoppolo can do, and there's a reason why he's still on the team. I'm not going to quote that. That's I can't say word for word, but that's what, in a nutshell, what he had said. Um, at the same time, though, the 49ers would uh, save uh 24.1 million against a 2.8 million uh, dead money so i mean obviously that would be a nice cap there which like you said you can you know you can grab these guys from other teams and i agree with you too that he could i don't think his his career is over but to say he'll be off the team i for me i mean i'm a niner fan of course i might be biased here but i i i really don't know i like the guy but then i don't like the guy when he's good he's good but when he's bad he's bad now will belichick take him back i kind of disagree with you there andrew i mean i'm sorry george solely because i think belichick fell in love with him when um before his injuries and before we really knew what he could do. Now that we know what he can do, we kind of know he's injury prone, even though Belichick's got a great mind. In practice, and I've heard this countless times uh, off of different things, Garoppolo looks horrible in practice. I mean, even when he was healthy, and even when we were 13 and 3, they were saying that in practice, he just looks horrible. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough decision for me. I cannot say whether or not he will stay or not. I really don't know. I tell you what, though, our backups are, I don't see them at all being in the picture for starting, maybe for a little bit, but I don't think they would take it. Uh, Joe, I mean, what do you think about this?
3: Yeah, I'm kind of up in the air, too, but I think the main reason why he is struggling the way he is, is because of the injuries that's happened all across the team. It's like you don't know who's going to start until the day of the game, and that's hard on a QB because you don't know who you're going to be throwing to. I know, I think last game it was their like fifth string wide right receiver was starting the game, his first time starting, and that he was there having drops. There was it was they're struggling, but um. <clears throat> I think the Niners, if they do want to keep him, because he is going to be expensive for the next uh, for next year and the year after that, uh, on his base salary, it's going to be around forty eight point three million for both those years. It's going to be a lot of money to pay him. So, um, if they do what they do want to keep him, they should re- restructure his contract or trade or release him. But I think if they release him, they're going to take a cap hit. I think so. I need to do more in-depth reading on on this contract. But if they trade him, they could get rid of that contract, and they, they could be set to look at a, a younger QB or a proven QB or look in the draft. What do you think, Drew?
2: Um, I think it. I think his future is over with the Niners. The sad thing is, is they got they put all their stock into winning the Super Bowl now, and they had the team to do it last year, but Jimmy G was the one player who could have won them the bowl and lost it off of an overthrow to Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's proven multiple times that he can't win you the game throwing the football. If the run game isn't above average, then they are very likely to lose any game they play. But the thing is, if they get rid of him, who do you get to replace him? It has to be someone that can win you those games by throwing the football. They have the team to do it. Do they go after a rookie in the draft, like you were you were talking about Joe, or do they go after a veteran? They go after a veteran. Who are they going to get? Here's my opinion, I think. I think they're going to I think they should go after a rookie. I'm a strong advocate for when you have the team and you don't necessarily have that quarterback that's when you that's when you strike in the draft that I'm a strong advocate of that because it's pretty much like exactly like what what happened with Russell Wilson they now of course they got to be careful with who they select because you know Russell Wilson the nice thing about him is he was rough around the edges at first but he improved his game more and more each time he went out there and played and he got the job done every time in the playoffs when, when they needed him. Um, The NFC championship game, the, the thing, the, here's the thing, this defense and run game can win enough games without above average QB play. And the NFC championship game was a prime example of that. The team won with Jimmy throwing eight total passes all game. And it was a blowout victory, 37 to 20. We've seen it plenty of times from this team. And I think that's why I say go after a rookie. Because if you do, you might end up getting, you know, a a Russell Wilson-esque player who, like I said, is rough around the edges at first, but improves more and more each game. And by the time playoffs come around, he's going to get the job done.
1: Oh, I agree. I mean, that you're talking about Kyle Shanahan's uh, mind for quarterbacks, and you get a rookie, he can mold them any way he wants, in a positive way, assuming, and fit into his scheme. And, I mean, like you said, you have all the pieces there. You're just missing that one piece. He can mold it because he's a rookie. And you know, hope for the best. I mean, I I, I totally agree with you, Angie. What do you do? You think, Joe?
3: Uh, George, you can go ahead. You had your hand up first.
0: Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So obviously, Seattle got pretty lucky with Russell Wilson because he was a third round pick. So it's not like he was projected or brought in to be a savior or a Super Bowl caliber rookie you know type of guy he was a third round pick so seattle definitely got lucky with that and you know if jimmy g does venture out somewhere else and let's just say he does go back with the patriots because i mean bill did love him who knows how he feels about him now given everything we do know about him like frank was saying you know now now we know more about him so maybe maybe bill doesn't love him as much anymore but I'm going to throw that hypothetical if he did go. Well, now you got, you know, possibly a Cam Newton back out on the market. Um, And then I've also heard other people talking about Sam Darnold. You know, if the Jets did decide to go with a Trevor Lawrence or another quarterback in this upcoming draft, Sam Darnold could become available. Um, And then I've also heard Matt Ryan. So... That would be interesting there, too, if they went with a veteran in Matt Ryan. So, Joe, what, what are your thoughts that you had?
3: Yeah, I was just going to list a couple uh, quarterbacks that would hit the free agent market next year. As of right now, they they didn't sign. Um, Dak Prescott for next year, he'll be a solid choice for the uh, Niners. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky, Phillip Rivers, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those those would be some uh, good QBs to look at, and like like George said, um, Cam Newton will be out there if they do decide to move away from Cam, and um, Sam Darnold will also be a, a good choice because he, like George said, he is a young and that he can be molded into a, a quarterback that Shanahan that would want.
2: Yeah, and you bring up an interesting point, Joe. Sam Darnold, because here's the thing too: when you look at Sam Darnold, that, that poor, unfortunate soul has just had to be in the Jets organization. And just, I think that, I think that he, I think that he could most definitely perform with this 49ers team much better than he's had to do with the Jets team. Because, you know, the Jets have pretty much asked, asked for him to perform miracles and, he would not have to do that with the Niners. It'd be so much less pressure on him. I think that that would actually be a really smart option now that you mention that. All right, so we are going to switch to the next NFL topic that we have. Keeping it in the NFL, Antonio Brown is now cleared to practice and play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he will join an offense that features Brady, Gronk, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. So, George, what are your expectations for Antonio Brown in his first game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
0: Yeah, I believe Antonio Brown is going to be heavily used in this game. Tom Brady loves this guy, and I think he's going to make a huge effort to attempt to change the narrative on Antonio Brown. And what's the best way to do that? Make him look spectacular on the field because if he's able to ball out, people will forget about some of his other issues. We see this all the time in the NFL. If your production outweighs your issues, then they allow it. They forgive you. They give you more chances. So I know Tom Brady loves this guy. He he lives with Antonio Brown. He invited Antonio Brown to live with him again because he did it when he was in New England. Antonio Brown was living with him. Um... So basically Tom Brady became Antonio Brown's daddy and he's living with him. He's going to father him, show him the ropes. He's going to, you know, tell him to say the right things, to act the right way, make sure he's prepared for the games. And, you know, I'm gonna go a little bold on this and I'm going to say in this, in his debut with the Bucs, he's going to go for around a hundred yards and a touchdown. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on his debut?
3: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, George. His first game, he's in a straight ball out like he did his, on his first game with the Patriots. He, he had a lot of yards, and Tom Brady looked at him heavily during that whole game. And like I said, he's in a ball out. He's going to get people a lot of fantasy points. And honestly, George, I think he might get more than two to, uh, a touchdown and a uh, 100 yards.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I could see him getting maybe two touchdowns, but I didn't want to go too crazy So I I left that at 100 and a touchdown. But Frank, what what are your expectations with Antonio Brown?
1: Man, well, I am the black sheep here because I do not think they're going to use him like you guys think. I think they want to use him like that. We know how he can be. We know how good he was. But you're talking about a player who hasn't played in a long time. And it may not seem like a long time, but you are a professional player who needs to be at your top peak performance all the time. And when you haven't played in a while, you just, you're just you not going to wake up one day and just be able to do what you did. It's it's going to take time. I think they're going to ease him into games. I think they're going to have some conditioning. I think it's going to go game by game. I think they're going to have him play this first game, see how he looks, um, maybe not do it with a full load, though. I think it's going to take a game or two, maybe three or four, for them to really let him you know, go out there, take the full load, um, It's been a while for the guy. He needs to practice. He needs to learn the scheme. He needs to learn um, a whole new playbook. I mean, he's been out for... I don't know. I I just don't see... I feel like you guys are maybe a little too optimistic. Um, And then again, I could be wrong. Maybe they will throw him in there because they think, you know, it's ABE. Of course, he's going to be the great guy. Um, He has been looking good in the sense of uh, changing his ways, I guess. I know... Um, on the on the, one of the interviews they were doing, he was talking about he kind of, you know, he's trying to learn to be better and be this better person, this and that. And, of course, Tom Brady sticks up for him and stuff like that. So that's great. And you're right, George. He does put him under his wing, as he did in New England. But, of course, we saw how that went. But, of course, we're all hoping this will be different. Um, overall, though, I just I don't think he's going to be that workhorse that you guys are thinking is going to be in the first game. I don't even think he's going to be like that in the first two, three
2: games. Andrew, what do you think? You guys have expectations of his performance. I'm going to have expectations for him in general. Honestly, my expectations are the same expectations that I have for him all the time. Be a team player and a model citizen, even when you don't get your way. If you're not getting the touches, then don't turn into a diva or a burden or whatever you want to call it. I've already gone on record in this show talking about his track record as a nuisance to his former teams. It's enough to make it into a whole docu-series. At the end of the day, just go out, play ball, and be a team player and a model citizen, regardless of losing or not getting your numbers. Those are my honest expectations for him. I couldn't care what his numbers are, just... At the end of the day, be a model citizen, be a team player. I think that if he can do that, then he's going to have a successful year, in my opinion.
1: And I can agree with that, um, which this would be a good test if my theory is right. Because if they don't use I, him like the workhorse that he would be used and they condition him little by little, I think that's going to frustrate the quote unquote old AB and, you know, he may be like how you're describing him or we will see a new side of him of course if 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 he's changed now if he is the workhorse that joe and george think he's going to be right off the bat then we maybe won't know if he's changed or not because we're not going to see that that you know that bad side of him but i mean i don't know i guess we'll we'll figure out what happens there what do you think george
2: well just a real quick sorry Just to touch off of that a little bit. Yeah, Frank, uh, I literally thought the same thing that you were just alluding to in the very beginning of your point right now. When you said yours, I was thinking, well, if what Frank actually ends up saying becomes true, then that will be a good test right off the bat for him. But we'll see. What do you think, George?
0: Yeah, so I know Frank touched up on, you know, easing him in, in a a sense, and you know, one thing no one has ever questioned about Antonio Brown is his work ethic. Everyone always says this guy loves practice. He works, you know, super hard. So I I don't think conditioning will be a huge issue. I mean, obviously there is a difference from practice and, you know, game type of conditioning, but I I don't think, you know, he's coming into this game, you know, not in conditioned or anything like that. And I, I just believe that, Tom Brady is going to make it an effort to get him involved and early and we know what kind of player he is on the field and you know he he doesn't need a deep ball he could get a short slant and take it for to the end zone so Antonio Brown's that good and like I said I think Tom Brady is going to make a huge effort to get this guy involved early and often Uh, what do you got to say to that Andrew?
2: And I think, you know, the former Antonio Brown, I think all the points you're making are great for the former Antonio Brown. But again, we don't know what, I mean, he, he played one game last season and was out. So if you take out that one game, he hasn't played football in almost two years. So we have to think about that too. And you, like you were saying, you alluded to that, you know, he could take a slant, go all the way. And that's 100% true for the former Antonio Brown. We don't know what we don't know what he is capable of right now because two years is a long time. I mean, remember uh, we got to keep in mind that John Wall hasn't played basketball in two years. You know what I mean? And like it seems like forever since the last time he played basketball. So we, you know, we don't know what it's like. We don't know what it's going to be like for him coming out of it. But I do think you make a great point when you talk about you know. Tom Brady really wanting to mold him and you know him coming over to live at Tom Brady's house right now they got the Brady bunch going on over there it sounds like so um I think that you make a great point we'll see how that works out but yeah what do you think
0: yeah I mean that's fair we haven't seen him you know on the field maybe in the last two seasons besides that one game but you know and and I've mentioned this on the previous segment we had on him you know he's not just a great wide receiver in today's game or you know the last time we've seen him but he's all-time great you know he's if I remember correctly he was almost top two in every statistic stats (laughs) that uh, he was you know in for a wide receiver so this guy is great I don't see him you know being an issue on the field but Bruce Arians did say something and you know I, I kind of Got a a little, you know, nudge where I I feel where a couple of you guys are going to go. But Bruce Arians basically said that Antonio Brown could either play 10 snaps or 35 snaps. So my question is, are you guys leaning more closer to the 10 snaps or 35 snaps that he could play?
1: I think it'll be less than 10 snaps. I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, two years is a long time long time
2: so i don't think sorry go ahead frank okay. no you're good go ahead um i don't think it'll be less than 10 i i say 10 15 if he isn't conditioned but that's the, that's the thing is, is he conditioned because if he's conditioned then that that guy could play in a whole game if he's conditioned if
1: if, if and that's, that's exactly the thing. and that's the other thing let's just say he is conditioned okay so in the practice He looks fairly good, but at the same time, that doesn't mean you are good. They want to still see, and and I think George kind of said something, practice and game, they are two different things here. So, I mean, you may look good in, in practice, and then you get out in that field, and you're getting real stressed on you, and you realize, hey, I'm not as in shape as I thought I was. You know, so... I mean, they. I, I feel like they're gonna want to test those waters out. I'm if if they, in my opinion, if they were smart, I would test those water I, instead of just assuming that he is. So, two, three snaps a a quarter tops here. I don't know. I ten would, that would be a, a minimal for me, and I still think it's gonna be less than ten. But I guess we would see.
3: Yeah, I say he's going go uh, to go that to like 35 range because if you think about it an average team could take maybe 10 around let's just say 10 snaps a drive depending on how their defense is playing playing them. So and during that whole time Antonio Brown was being Antonio Brown um he was conditioning, he was working out and getting in trouble, but he was mostly just conditioning and working out. So that could come in his favor. And he did go full like full speed on practice uh, Wednesday. So that's a good sight to see. But um, we're gonna have to see what that Saints defense could do to to limit Antonio Brown because I don't think they could stop him. Let's just see what they can do to limit his. Um, touches
0: yeah and then uh you know you bring up a little point right there too they're going against the saints so this is a division rival they're gonna need to win this game you know this is one of those games where it it is a must win you're out there trying to win this is your division a big rival and you know what better game to make a statement than this game and you know antonio brown did come last week so he's kind of had that full week to get acclimated to the system to practice to get himself up to speed so i i still believe that he's going to be
3: heavily involved in this game and yeah, remember they lost the bucks lost the first time they played the saints so they needed this win exactly
0: that's what i'm saying this is almost a must win especially for for this bucks team
2: I think it would be a must-win for their psyche. I don't think it's a must-win for their record or placement or anything because you know. Let's keep in mind they're still they're still in a very top spot in their in the league and the Saints. You know they're they're losing some games where you're like, wow, I can't believe they lost that game. So I mean, they're not they're not like uh, by any stretch. They're not by any stretch, in my opinion, better than this. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is a better team on paper. So I think that that's going to equate to more wins in the long run. So I don't think it's going to come down to, you know, I don't think, I don't think this division is going to come down to who won more head to head. I think it's just going to come down to the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to end up with a better record in my opinion.
0: True. But Tom Brady doesn't usually get swept by his division rivals. So, you know, like you kind of mentioned, it might be a psyche thing because this is an organization that isn't used to winning. So they need to pile up these wins to get their psyche up and ready for a playoff push potentially. And, you know, this is, you know, Tom Brady trying to prove that at this age, he can still do it. There's going to be Antonio Brown proving that he can still play. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that got to prove themselves on this team. And like I said, this is an organization that isn't used to winning. So you don't want to lose twice to your division rival, which which is the Saints who have been winning this division. So this is, you know, one of those games where it's like, okay, they took the first one, let's take the second one, let's even it up head-to-head. Even if they do end up with a better record, you just, you know, you don't want to lose to your division rivals twice.
2: You know, if I'm the Saints and I I fully believe that they will do this too. If I'm the saints, I am game planning hard for Antonio Brown though, regardless, because let's be real here. Even if, even if Antonio Brown isn't going to play snaps, let's say, let's say he doesn't play as many snaps. Well then, well then you're kind of, you're kind of limiting him in a sense. Like, I feel like, I feel like this has to be a multiple, like, like a many snap game for him. Like a game, like a game where he has a lot of snaps because I feel like if he comes, I feel like if he comes in and, you know, right out the bat, like Frank was talking about, he's got like 10 snaps the entire game. That's you're, that's not going to do well for him, for his mentality, for his ego. Like that's not, that's not going to help his ego at all. It's going to be one of those games where he's got multiple snaps, in my opinion, I think, based off of that fact alone. But if I'm the Saints, I'm literally – I'm frustrating Antonio Brown because I don't I don't want – I if because think about it. This is division rivals, like you guys said. So I don't want that other team that are division rivals. I don't want them to be successful. I want to literally make them implode, if I can, by frustrating Antonio Brown as much as I can. We're going to move to a different NFL topic. After the firing of Bill O'Brien and the 1 6 start to their season, Houston Texans defensive end JJ Watt openly spoke about his displeasure with the direction the team was headed. He said, I personally believe that I do have a few more great ones, great, great ones referring to games, left in me. I'm not looking to rebuild. I'm looking to go after a championship, and that's what I want to do. So, George, what do you make of J.J. Watt, openly speaking about his stance with the Texans?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really condemn him for doing this. You know, he's one of those guys that has poured his entire soul, not just to this team, but the city. He's given so much to this the city, the team and everything, you know, he does deserve a chance to go compete for a championship. And, you know, at one time it looked like the Texans could. Uh they were winning the divisions. They, you know, looked promising when they got Deshaun Watson. They had DeAndre Hopkins, but the way it's looked now, you know, D hop is now out. Bill O'Brien basically screwed this team. They don't have a first or second round pick in the next draft. So even if they are rebuilding, how are you going to rebuild without those early draft picks to get good solid pieces. So, you know, I, I don't blame JJ Watt for feeling the way he's feeling. And um, you know, we, we gotta remember too, this is a guy that for playing defense at one point was in an MVP conversation. You know, he was arguably one of the best players in the NFL. He's probably arguably you know, one of the best Texans of all time. And, you know, we, we've we talked about DeAndre Hopkins and why we love him as a wide receiver because he was able to, you know, be a top elite wide receiver with the quarterbacks that he had. I mean, this goes the same way with J.J. Watt. He was playing with those same quarterbacks who were a bunch of nobodies. I mean, no disrespect to them. They're in the NFL, you know, but in the grand scheme of things, they, they weren't an elite or even upper tier quarterbacks so jj watt had to play with these guys too and they were winning games they were winning the divisions and he basically tried to do everything he could and yeah he suffered a lot of injuries and you know you know didn't play a full 16 a lot of those a lot of these years but he's one of the all-time greats especially for his position he deserves a chance to go compete for a championship somewhere so i mean I, i don't blame him for what he said Frank, what are your thoughts with uh, JJ Watt?
1: No, I agree with everything you said. I think if I was him, I would leave. I mean, you were there since 2011. You got drafted, and you never left. Like you said, they did. Every, he did everything he could for them. I mean, he's done everything. This guy was a five-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowl, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, two-time NFL Sack Leader, NFL 2000s All-Decade Team. I mean, this guy is. 99 career sacks is going to be the fifth fastest player in the NFL history to have 100 sacks. I mean, he's done everything except one thing, and that's to win a Super Bowl. He's get he's got the money. He had big contracts. He even signed uh, uh, an extension that's going to be up after this this year. So you've done the champ. These you know these these great steps. You've got the money. You don't have a ring. At this point, like like he had said, he has one, two years left in him. I would not waste my time on a team that is trying to rebuild. Rebuilding could take years. And those are years he does not have. So he, he's had injuries. I mean, it, it, this is time he needs to move on. But if he moves on, he needs to find a team, which I mean, I, I don't see any team that wouldn't take him. But... I would find a team that is almost for sure Super Bowl bound within the next year or two and go win your chip, bud. Get out there. Finish what you what you came to the NFL to do. You've done everything else you could possibly have done, in my opinion. Go out there and win yourself a chip. Well, now, what team he sh- should go on? I mean, that's up for speculation. I don't know. There's a lot of teams that can use him on defense, I'm sure. Um, Joe, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I agree. JJ Watt is not looking to rebuild, and it's all gonna have to depend on the who they're gonna hire as a new GM next year. Is, is like oh, Frank said, is it his his current deal is gonna be up. He is supposed to make seventeen million, but if the Texans want to cut him, they won't have to pay him anything. So that means JJ Watt can be a free agent. And he deserves to be on a winning team. So I see, like the Packers could nab him or the Steelers, and have the whole Watt family on a team. That'll be a cool, a cool sight to see because those those are pl- deep playoff run teams and possible Super Bowl contenders. We don't know that yet, but he deserves to be on that winning team. He done a he's done a lot for the Texans. Because when when JJ plays on that field, you know the the Texans have a slight chance to win, if not win. But just what Bill O'Brien did, just trash that team. He tarnished it. And it's time for JJ to get out of there because he should not be on the team that's rebuilding.
2: I don't blame him one. I don't blame him at all for saying what he said when you think of the houston texans this is the first player that comes to damn near everyone's minds deshaun watson is obviously on track to overtake him for that spot but as of right now no one has contributed more to the houston texans organization than this man here Uh, george you talked about deandre hopkins uh in my opinion no not even close uh even even andre johnson who was, you know, an awesome receiver for this team back in the day? Even he, in my opinion, doesn't doesn't come to the contributions that this man. I mean, this man poured his heart, his soul, he threw his body around for this organization. And
0: yeah, yeah Drew, I, I wasn't saying you know he's better than JJ. Well, I was just saying when we compare, you know, the quarterbacks and how DeAndre Hopkins was able to produce with the bad quarterbacks. I was comparing that. J.J. Watt also had those quarterbacks that was on that he had to play with. I, I wasn't trying to say Hopkins was on a higher tier or better than J.J. Watt. So just, just to clear that up, real quick.
2: No, I was just. I, I think you were talking when you were talking about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think you were comparing like, uh, you know, like big faces as far as the the organization goes. That's what I was referring to.
0: Yeah, no, I I wasn't saying he's a bigger face than J.J. Watt.
2: Well, regardless. So, we, you know, obviously Watson is on track to overtake him with that. Let's remember that he has also done a ton off the field as well. When you think of the first player on the Texans organization, you literally think J.J. Watt. And a big reason why... Is because let's remember in 2017 this man won Walter Payton Man of the Year for his all his efforts into relieving all the people of Hurricane Harvey. He had 37 million raised in donations for uh, for the relief of Hurricane Harvey, which is you know which was a really big deal at the time and showed a significant positive impact on the community. And, you know, of course, so he was awarded Walter Payton Man of the Year. And, you know, Frank, you alluded to his other contributions as far as like a football standpoint. This man has been runner up for MVP twice now. And the thing is... you can't you can't in my opinion if you're a defensive if you're a defensive player you can't contribute any more to your team like we talked about this before in another podcast but this guy was playing tight end too at one point to help his team this guy's done literally everything he could to help this houston organization and you know they tried i think to help him but you know it just it never panned out it really never did so I think at this point, if they're going through a rebuilding phase, I think, I think if as long as you have Deshaun Watson, there's always, you know, you always have a chance. But if they're going through this rebuilding phase, I say try to trade him because I, I doubt he stays. And so I would try to just get something from him. Now the question is, who would pull that trigger though, from the other end? Who would pull the trigger and you know try to get this man on you too? Joe, you mentioned the Packers. I actually like that idea. The problem is, though, is that the Packers, they just never pull the trigger on big moves like this, man. And I think it would be a great idea, but they just – they never do. They never pull the trigger on these moves. But I think that would be a great idea. What do you guys think? Um, he also said
1: Steelers. I could see that. That would be pretty cool. I mean, right now their defense is on another level. Imagine having him on there. My God. It would be unstoppable.
0: Yeah, I think the Steelers would be great. Just I mean, a bunch of family on that team anyways, so JJ Watt would love to be there. And I think you make a good point right there. Drew is if I'm the Texans, I want to trade him. I don't want to just uh, you know, release him because like I already mentioned, they don't have a first or a second round pick. So, if I am the Texans and my plan is to rebuild, you know, you trade away, you know, one of the one of your best players and you try to get back a first round pick or a second round pick, or multiple picks for him, because you don't have one. So definitely, and and you're not competing. So what good is, you know, having a great player like J.J. Watt if you're not even going to compete? He's obviously not happy. He wants to go win. So and he he's done everything for this team, offense, defense, like you said, tight end, um, for the city. I mean, the the least you could do for this man is, you know send him to a, a contender, and then get some picks in return. What are your thoughts,
3: Joe? Yeah, I agree, but I'm not sure if this is true or not. But I think if the Texans do decide to him, trade him, I think they'll still have to pay him his guaranteed money. If they, But if they release him, they don't have to pay him nothing. I'm not sure about that, but I need to look into it more.
0: Yeah, I don't think his money is guaranteed. Uh, I, I read that earlier. His uh, seventeen and a half million
3: it isn't guaranteed. Well, that's if that's if they cut him, they they don't have to pay him.
2: Well, I think that his uh, because I'm from what I understand, the guaranteed money was already paid off in the beginning of his contract. So I believe that if they choose to cut him now, they can without any loose cash.
3: No, I, I I'm reading it right now. If they were to uh... If they if they were to release him next year they wouldn't have to pay him nothing but if he stays they're, he's gonna have to uh they're gonna have to pay him 17 mil for oh, next okay. year
2: last year of guaranteed money huh what, what are your thoughts Frank well i mean
1: i i well, obviously i would trade him because what i just remember too is they don't have a first or a second round pick for 2021 this is their opportunity you need a first and second round pick. So trade them for a pick and maybe some players, maybe some money, but for sure you need that first and second round pick. they don't have one right now.
2: Yeah, this is a this is a great player and you know hopefully the the Texans organization as a whole doesn't make the same mistake twice with trading away a great player for a few gummy bears and a busted bottle cap. but I mean, you know, well, only time will tell. We'll see what they can get out of it if they do decide to trade. What are your thoughts, Joe?
3: Yeah, just one more thing: um, if teams are thinking about nabbing uh, JJ Watt, I think they'll know that they could get him at a little di- uh, at a discount if they sign him in free agency. It'd probably be a cheaper, instead of trading for him, but. In Texans eyes, they need that trade, like Frank said, because they like, they don't have a first or second. So the Texans are hoping they could get trade offers for him. But teams are also looking, oh, I hope he goes to free agency so they don't have to give up anything.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, JJ, y, he's got that, that great mentality that I would love to have on my team. He's he said, you know, it's not the goal isn't to win the division. The goal isn't to win a playoff game or two playoff games. It's The goal is to win the championship, the Super Bowl. And, you know, that that's a mentality that I would love to have on my team. You know, he's out there to win. Win it all. Not just win a game, win the division, win a playoff game. No, this guy wants to win it all. And, you know, that that's a guy you really want on your team. What are your thoughts, Frank?
1: Well, I was just going to say... As this is a question for all of you. Do you think he would take a pay cut to be on the team if he thought that would take him to the Super Bowl? Like, do you think, like I was kind of saying in the beginning, where I, he's done everything he's possibly done. At this point, he just wants a ring. Do you think a pay cut is in mind if it means he would win a ring, possibly?
2: I think he takes a pay cut. I think so. It- yeah. <clears throat> I don't think that money, at this point, is an issue for him. I don't think that they're. I. I mean, this is this is JJ Watt. He's this is a big name. He, you know, he's he's made a lot. Of, he's made a ton of money off of commercials. He's made a ton of money. You know, I guarantee you that as far as all the defensive players, eh, you know, that are out there right now, he's probably the most famous defensive player. Um, you know, it, it's up for debate, but I would say he is. So I don't think money is an issue for him. I think that he wants to win a championship and here's the thing too. I don't think he just wants to hop on the best Super Bowl contending team either. I I think he wants to win a championship, but I think he understands that I think he knows that if he were to hop on a team like the Chiefs or you know some someone that, you know, has maybe already won a championship and it, it would, you know, it'd it be kind of like one of those, you know, Kevin Durant move, so to speak. And I don't think he'd want to do that. I think he would want to go to an organization that is right there, but doesn't seem to get over the hump. And he would want to help them get over the hump, in my opinion, because he's he's got that kind of work ethic. He's got that level of work ethic.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that come into play. I mean, you got to also think about he's been in Texas – his whole career and he's got a family and this and that. I mean, you, you know, you're talking about uprooting family or if not, then they stay there and you have to leave. Like, I'm pretty sure that would all come into
2: play too. What are your guys' thoughts? you guys think that he takes pay cuts to, takes a pay cut to go to another team? I think he does.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's out there trying to, you know, get a max deal or anything. You know, not gonna say he takes the cheapest contract out there, but I mean, he's made his money. He's had his endorsements. He he's basically set. You know, he he's got the championship mentality. He want he
3: wants to go win. Yeah he he's not getting uh, he's not gonna take the veteran minimum. So he's gonna get a respected contract. That's not. Uh, a max deal and it's not a veteran minimum. So he's going to find that right deal. Probably like how I said, either to the Packers or the Steelers.
2: I agree. I'm thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 18 million. I think that would be what he would be getting. Cause, uh, as of right now, you, you know, you're looking at like the top, top tier defensive players. They're getting around, they're getting around like 22 million to, um, i'm not 100 sure but i think it's 24 million uh is the the contract that the most uh the contract the most expensive contract for a defensive player i think it's around 24 million not 100 percent sure though but i mean if it's not there then it's trending there so i think 15 to 18 million would be the area that i think would be that respectable zone was what you were talking about joe
3: yeah most definitely
2: All right, now it is time for Joe's Weekly Pick'Em. Joe, are you ready?
3: Yeah, I'm ready.
2: All right, Joe, let's do it. We got the Broncos and the Falcons. Who you got in this one, Joe?
3: I got the Broncos winning this one. They played a pretty good game last week against the Chargers, I think it was. And I like the way they played. Hmm.
2: Next we have the interesting matchup in my opinion of the week. We got the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Buffalo Bills. Who you got, Joe?
3: This one this one I had to think about it a little bit, but the Saints uh, not the Saints, the Seahawks are playing better defense. So, I'm uh, I'm picking the Seahawks to win. Mm.
2: We got the Chicago Bears playing the Tennessee Titans, Joe. Who you got in this one?
3: This one was also a tough one, but I had the Titans pulling out this one, a narrow victory.
2: All right. And then we have the Ravens versus the Colts. A lot of interesting matchups this week. Joe, who you got in this one?
3: Yeah, there's a lot of interesting um, matchups. I have the Ravens winning this one, but this could also be a surprise that the Colts could pull this one out.
2: Hmm. All right, Joe, then we have the Houston Texans taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who you got in this one?
3: Sorry, Drew, but the Texans are going to get their second win.
2: I don't even care anymore at this point. (laughs) All right, we got the Carolina Panthers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, Joe.
3: Easy win win for the Chiefs.
2: Mm, Easy, huh? Easy. We'll see. All right, Detroit Lions taking on the Minnesota Vikings.
3: Another good matchup on paper, but the Vikings are going to win this one because I know there's some uh, players on the Lions offense that are up in the air about playing.
2: All right. Next we have the New York Giants taking on the Washington football team.
3: The Giants are going to win this one. They seem pretty good right now. I think they they're finding their stride, even though they did lose, but they're going to win this game.
2: All right, Joe. We got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles
3: Chargers. The Raiders are gonna win this one. It might we might they might come back from a 21 point lead, but the Raiders are still gonna pull out this one.
2: We'll see, Joe. We got Herbie fully loaded on the other side. So <laughs> All right. Next, Joe, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Dallas Cowboys.
3: Easy one. The Cowboys are gone they're done for the season So the Steelers are going to win mm.
2: all right Joe we got two young quarterbacks in this next one the Miami Dolphins taking on the Arizona Cardinals
3: yeah I'm hi- I'm high on uh Tua but the Cardinals are just playing really good football right now and the Cardinals are going to win
2: all right Joe the highly anticipated Sunday night football matchup we got the New Orleans Saints taking on the Tom Bay Buccaneers who you got
3: <laughs> the Bucks are definitely getting their revenge this game, and they're they're going to do it in pretty good fashion. Mm.
2: All right, next we have Monday Night Football. We got the Patriots versus the Jets.
3: The Patriots are are going to need this win, and they're going to get it because it's the Jets because they're tanking. But this this could be a morale booster for Cam, so we'll see.
2: All right, and. With that being said, that is all the time that we have here at Highly Contested, everyone. Thank you for joining us here. We will post a podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so be sure to stay tuned, keep with it, and be prepared to be Highly Contested. Have a good one. Highly
3: Contested. Highly Contested. Highly Contested. Highly Contested.
2: Highly it Contested. Going? Dumbly, dumbly. Highly Contested. Highly